Yeah, a nigga, a nigga has been working, okay? Listen, these, I mean, these past understand. three days have just been relentless. I mean, I, mm-hmm. have, I have felt so productive this week, but I'm just like, my Lanta, like, when am I going to rest? <laughs> Not my Lanta. <laughs> my Lord, and my Lanta, when shall I rest? When I shall right. I rest? So, I completely get it. So, um, get it. but yeah, no. Uh, thanks again for the invite, and uh, I'm gonna be quiet until you <laughs> kind of kick it off because I feel like we can definitely just talk about life, and that will be the whole podcast. Yeah. And I don't know if that's what we came here for today. So I mean, I'm keeping all of this. So it's all natural. <laughs> it's all natural. <laughs> just it's so you natural. are aware. Yes. So, hi. <laughs> How are you? Man, it's been, sincerely, it's been a week, but yeah. we are, we're making it through. Um, I feel like this week, it's just been call after call after Zoom after Zoom. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing some um, kind of like public affairs sponsorship work with the Maryland okay. Women's Business Center. Um, to help them plan their kind of 10th year anniversary. So it's just, it has felt like call after call, um, shot some, something I'm going to be back on good morning, Washington in like next week. So we're thankful for that. Um, so shot that Monday, um, got a catering thing Friday. Um, Mm -hmm. like my little brother, um, is getting married Saturday yeah. So had to, you know, like get my uh, suit, you know, altered and tailored. Um, the other three guys that are kind of in our accountability group, trying to corral them to be like, you got your suit. Like one mm. guy's suit literally came in today. So we went there for him to get it altered. Thankfully, it's just the pants. Yeah. And not the jacket or anything. Um but it's just been a lot um, to balance it. And I feel like I've I've not been getting bad sleep, but my days are just earlier um, this week, just trying to balance everything. Okay. Booked and busy. Got it. Booked <laughs> and busy. Listen, when I tell you, um, Mashea, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday all has yeah. items on the agenda. And on the docket, and I'm just like, who's going to do all of them? But Lord willing, I will get, I will make it through. I completely understand with trying to get myself together to purchase a house next year. Hey, and I'm writing a cookbook, and what? I work two jobs. <laughs> Come on, I get it. <laughs> Trust me, I completely understand, and it's been so hard just trying to like write out recipes and stuff and condense everything so that I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm a Capricorn Mm -hmm. very, very much so in every sense of the sign. So I'm very, very anal. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I hate to say it this way because I don't think that people are slow by any means, but when I look at cookbooks, one thing that always frustrates me is that people condense steps so much that you almost miss something that is really imperative. That is actually, uh, yeah. To the recipe. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. in writing them out, it's like my steps are super long and I don't intend um, for them to be. Yeah. It's just, I, I need you to get it. Like, 
I wrote my cinnamon roll recipe out the other day mm. and I got like 24 steps. But kneading dough is that's that's a real thing. <laughs> like it's very therapeutic. Yeah. But at the same token, you could over knead your dough. Right. Now you got dry ass cinnamon rolls. Oh, who the okay. fuck wants to eat those? Right. So <laughs> and then you gotta be careful with your butter and your brown sugar and your cinnamon because brown sugar already has molasses in it. Right. So with the butter and it melting, it can get very gooey. And mm-hmm. gooey cinnamon rolls are good, but you don't want your filling to run out. Right. So I'm trying to make sure I say all those things. Yeah, yeah. And again, I'm getting up at four o'clock in the morning to get to my part-time job at five o'clock in the morning. I'm mm. leaving that job at 10 o'clock to get to my up my, my real job. <laughs> All for the sake of building a solid savings so that when, when I purchase my house next year, I can furnish and not have empty rooms because that shit is ghetto. So very, very <laughs> it is very Wu Chow. It is very, yeah. you know what? Take your time. Right. And uh, as my boy would say, as mama used to say, as mama take your time, say, take your young time. man. <laughs> like, even going back to like the, like, I hate with like recipes, you know, because I cook as well. So I'm just like, mm. is that another podcast we're finna do? Um, yes. But like, <laughs> there are so many steps that you do try to condense because I know sending someone 24 steps, they're automatically going to feel intimidated. You know, like, okay. so how do I creatively get all of these steps in there? Because you do need to whisk those eggs until they meringue. You know, like that is an okay. absolute necessary step. But mm-hmm. like, if you don't have the right tools or the right materials, like how do you still make the, the recipes accessible to, Absolutely. you know, kind of like the everyday person? So that is always, always, always a challenge. Yeah. It is absolutely a challenge. And then I'm finding um, that I am, you from the DMV, but I am from the South, originally hey. from Texas. Hey. Daddy from Georgia, Mama from North Carolina. I am Southern through and through. That's not a fucking joke. Through and through. <laughs> through and through, okay? <laughs> so we grew up cooking a certain way. Yeah. You grew up seeing dishes made a certain way. Yeah. And then when you get older and develop your own palate, you realize the way Big Mama used to make shit okay. is um, uh, a recipe for high cholesterol. <laughs> and hypertension. <laughs> and hypertension. So you, you elevate different recipes. So I've got a mac and cheese recipe. Honey. Love it. Love I'm it. I'm going to piss some people off. Because it ain't, I don't use no Velveeta. Like, and there's nothing wrong with well, Velveeta. Because who If that is does? what you put in your mouth. I have never I, used Velveeta. And I, I don't you know it's a staple. it is included. <laughs> because you grew up seeing it that way. You know what I mean? So it's like when you write out a recipe, you're basically, for lack of a better way, you shitting on the way your family cook. Like, no, that's not the way you do things. Who is still using craft shredded cheese to make macaroni and cheese? I mean, you shouldn't be. Do you not have a food processor at this point? <laughs> but that's the thing, Thomas. So we're trying to get people yeah. to a different level without being shady. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, just speaking of recipes, to tie it in for what we came here to do, <laughs> I need hot pies recipe, okay, for that bread. <laughs> My boy, hot pie. Okay. Which I'm bringing in a name that we won't see for a while. <laughs> My boy Hot Pie left the little prison game and went on to be a master chef. Master. Now, I don't know if he studied under Gordon Ramsay. I don't know who he studied under. 
But high power is out here kneading bread and making direwolf pieces. That's the whole thing. <laughs> whole, I mean, you know what would also actually be really cool is to like study the cuisine of the series too because yes. it changes regionally um, and yes. they bring in you know people who are we're now kind of understanding that they're probably like Middle Eastern or Southeast Asian mm-hmm. and so there's just like so many different influences um, from a culinary perspective that are also really interesting and you know the spice trade and kind of all of those things sure. that we kind of learned about, but seeing it really personified in this way um, has also been, I think, a really interesting point um, about the show as someone and as we are um, interested in the mm-hmm. culinary perspective of how things yeah. unfold. Absolutely. Because even in this first episode, and let me let me pause. So, hi, everybody. Hey. I'm Marcia. <laughs> <laughs> and I am having Thomas as a guest. He will be a guest for our Game of Thrones series. As I said on Instagram, uh, we'll be covering season one through eight of Game of Thrones. Uh, we have a kind of format for every episode. We're going to cover two episodes. Um, each season has 10. So it'll be very easy to condense each season. So um, you get a good feel of what Game of Thrones is if you've never watched it before. Yeah. If you have watched it before and you're just a lover of the series, like Thomas and I, this is just a fun black perspective recap. Like, that's genuinely all it is. I know uh, Shanika and I, when we would do movies, we would kind of go scene by scene. Um, But with season one of Game of Thrones, these first couple episodes, there's really not that much material. So just a forewarning, episodes will get longer, but this one will not be that long because episode one and two we're more so getting introduced to characters right. um, that you will see uh, some for a long time. And some, some for a short time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For a short time. And so just speaking of the culinary perspective of it, I found it very interesting. Tyrion in one scene, um, he orders uh, breakfast and he said, bacon burned black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you think about like today, like I would never eat black bacon. <laughs> I don't eat pork even, period. But I like turkey bacon. I know that's taboo for a lot of black people. But well, I, see, now, I like the uncured turkey bacon because that yeah. actually feels like something other than uh, fruit leather. And, <laughs> and so I'm able to at least enjoy that. Yeah. I <laughs> leather. If you cook turkey bacon the wrong way, that shit is absolutely a leather strap. It goes from bacon to jerky very quickly and very crispy where I'm just like is is this what what is this? Is this worth the sodium intake? No, it's it literally turns into sodium coated uh, shards of glass because it gets so like it's so crispy. You can literally snap it and it breaks into like a thousand pieces. Yeah, so it's just like two minutes um, too long or if you don't flip it or spray it or, you know, whatever, cover it with aluminum foil like you're actually SOL. Absolutely. So uh, Game of Thrones episode one. Hey. Um, we kick off the episode um, with now looking back on it, something... Uh, especially being in 2020, something that's very, very um, kind of on the nose. 
we get introduced to these pale-faced, uh, blue-eyed creatures mm. that are called whites. Whites? <laughs> you may be familiar with them. <laughs> Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Uh, we get introduced to the whites and the Night's Watch. So the episode kind of opens up with three gentlemen coming from the wall to do their patrol of the woods. And um, one of the gentlemen, which I, I watched it again this morning to try to catch his name. I actually have the book and I'm sure in the book they say his yeah. name, but I don't recall them I saying say, his name. I didn't name hear it either, the, but yeah. Yeah, in the episode. But he actually stumbles upon a um, an area within the woods where there are several decapitated um, heads, um, dismembered bodies. And they're actually in a form of a symbol, which we will see many seasons later you it comes back again full um full circle he's completely freaked the fuck out he goes and tells his homeboys hey you know what i'm saying i've seen some wild shit in the woods um i think we need to go ahead and go back to the wall and let somebody know and of course in true white fashion there is one person who thinks they're in charge um a kyle if you will, someone who is on the team, but he's not a supervisor, but he acts like a supervisor, but nobody gave you the title or the pay. pay. Uh, um, And he basically says, get back on your horse. We going back out there. Of course, they go back out there. There's nothing there. So now it looks like my boy is lying. And then that's when the shit kicks off. Uh, It's very very intense and i would say it was game of thrones they come out the gate with the out door. the gate looking out. At- <laughs> fresh out the gate fresh out the gate i'm talking like heads on sticks uh feet just kind of laying all over the place and, and not even to mention his his homeboy the heavy set dude the i call I them like the generals yeah. of the yeah, white yeah, walkers yeah, yeah, yeah. he just came from behind my man and completely cut his head off with one fell swoop. Without concern for anything else. Anything at all. And then tossed my nigga's head like a three-point shot (laughs) across the room. And was like, is this your king? Is this your king? (laughs) And and I feel like that's the thing that I like, though. You know, some series and some shows, you gotta kind of rev the engine up to get there. They were like, oh no, we are 46 seconds in and we're giving you energy and and plot twists because it's happening so early. So early, like uh, in the words of Little Kim, (laughs) wow, cut out. Watch out now. Watch out. (laughs) It's the little one and I'm not bowing. (laughs) Sean Moss, okay? like yikes (laughs) so uh he witnesses that and then the next time we see him he's like dazed and confused like coming down a grassy hill and of course he's being um detained because he has essentially deserted the night so i have a a question about that yes how did he make it past the wall i have no clue um i don't remember it being detailed in the book because it's within the first chapter. Yeah. Um, it, it just kind of talks about that interaction. And then it, the, in the book, it actually just jumps to Winterfell. Yeah. And then, of course, Ned hears of the deserter and he has to come do what he, he does. So I, I honestly don't yeah. know. I, I'm assuming he went around the wall, but as we know later on, you kind of got to go through the wall to get yeah, to the other side. Right, because it makes it seem like you can go around it, but you know we have seen the end. And 
you have right. to go through it. So I'm wondering, like, how did he make it through the Night's Watch to win? You know, like to Winterfell. That was always a weird continuity point um, in yeah. rewatching. But yeah, yeah, I I honestly don't know either. Um, but as we know, you know, he says when um, the information is brought to Ned, you know, we have a deserter from the, the wall, and he goes and has a conversation with him. He basically says. I know I should have went back and told somebody, but I was too scared. So I, yeah, again, I'm very confused with you then. Like, where did you go? <laughs> How did you get past that point? Because the How wall is what, 300 miles? How did you get here? Okay. <laughs> Ned said, nobody's supposed to be here from the wall. From the wall. <laughs> so unfortunately my man didn't didn't tell anybody until he got to bed and of course white and white walkers are a rumor um it's kind of like an urban Mm -hmm. legend so even though he's essentially telling the truth ned still got to do what a you know what a lord got to do and um again with the gore like picked up that sword and swung that shit like a guillotine like, <laughs> and my man's head just flew well, off. and and told brand listen homeboy um you need to come watch yeah and brand is 10, 10 by the way so i'm just like trauma 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 yeah for sure so oh we we jumped a little bit so we didn't even talk about the stark family so yes, yes. again we talked about yeah. the wall and so we know that is a section of uh, the land and then there's a kingdom, and it's Winterfell. And Lord Eddard Stark um, is uh, the H N I C here, <laughs> and I'm using H N I C. He's not a nigga, but he, he is. He that is. Nigga. He's the H N I C of Winterfell. You His know, wife he, is he, Lady he's Cotlin. the John B of of the Seven yes. Kingdoms. Yes, he is the John B of the Seven Kingdoms. And we're going to meet the Justin Timberlake of King's Landing Lord. later on. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> but Lord Eddard Stark, uh, his wife is Lady Catelyn Stark, and they have uh, five children. We have uh, Rob being the mm-hmm. oldest. Um, Sansa would be the second mm-hmm. oldest. I believe Arya and Bran are pretty, they're pretty close in age. They're probably one or two mm-hmm. years apart. So Bran and Arya... And then there is Rickon, which I mean, uh, okay, season seven, Rickon, yikes, <laughs> yikes about Rickon. And then there is uh, White Bay, um, Kit Harrington, <laughs> who plays Jon Snow. White Bay, <laughs> okay. okay, okay. White Bay, and uh, White Bay is the bastard of the clan. Um, which we later learned if you've watched the series. Not a bastard, but mm-hmm. really, in, in, in speaking, honestly, Jon Snow really is the okay. agent I see when all the okay. chips are <laughs> But now, but literally, is, it's really Aria, but right. we'll get to that. Right, but we'll She's get to the that. HBIC. Um, so, Jon, honey, listen. There's Tiffany Pollard, <laughs> and then there's Arya Stark. <laughs> Let's just, that's true. You know, facts are facts. So, <laughs> facts, listen, facts are facts. 
So yeah, John is the bastard of the gang. Um, and, and, and in this series, I've always known in my lifetime that a bastard was always a child without a father. But in Game of Thrones world, a bastard is a child who was born out of wedlock. So you would not have your father's last name. You don't have your mama's last name. Based upon the region that you're in, you will have a different last name. So John in Winterfell, he is a snow. I believe in Dorne, the last, well, Dorne really doesn't believe in bastards, but in that particular region, it, the, the last name would be Sand. Mm-hmm. So just depending on where you are, you have a different last name, but it's in it, it no relation to your mother or your right. father. Well, and, and I guess um, I have a question about that. Like, why was it, yes. clearly his dad is still the Lord of the North or the King of the North or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why the distinction if he's still elevated? You know, like he still has privileges that regular common folk don't have. To a degree, but as we see in the show, Catelyn can't fucking I mean, stand him. Cannot. Like she can't stand him, even down to when when he was um, saying goodbye to Bran, uh, right? When he was saying goodbye to Bran, she let him know, "I can't fucking stand you. Please take your ass to the wall. Get the fuck away from me. I don't need your help. I don't need your protection." Um, Catelyn basically told John in the words of E, "I don't even know okay. you, and I hate you." all I know is my nigga came home with you that's what she said (laughs) like I cannot stand you but even then like when um, Robert Baratheon and uh, Cersei and Jamie and them come down from King's Landing he can't even come to the the, the feast she told him that the presence of the Lord's bastard would be an unwelcoming sight in front of the king so he can't even come in and eat which is crazy so honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> like, I, 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 it's like yes, I'm a part of the Stark family, but like, ugh, I'm like the ghoul in the attic. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> like I'm people the black know shit. I exist, but yeah. for sure. Um, and in John's case, he is the white. Okay. Sheep. Um, and it really comes. I can't wait till we he, get to he's the, he's the white. To the rise of Jon Snow. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So, like you said, uh, Ned beheads uh, the deserter and he makes Bran watch and he's like, do you understand why I did what I did? And he was like, well, John said that you said he deserted the wall. And he was like, yeah, but and he's like, well, he said he saw some White Walkers. And Ned was like, yeah, crazy niggas see whatever the fuck they want to see. I ain't got nothing to really do with it. That's not my business. (laughs) it's not really my business. You know how we get down in the north. We are old testament okay. up here. Okay. Um, fire and brimstone. That's how we get down up here. So uh, they, they're traveling back to um, home, I would suppose. And they come across a dead direwolf, which is the sigil for yep. Winterfell. Um, and Ned is like, yeah, we got to kill these like dire wolves because they have no place here like they're not even supposed to be south of the wall so i assume at some point in history dire wolves actually did exist that's why it became the sigil for winterville but they had been extinct maybe extinct um, or i feel i feel like going on um i feel like yeah. at some point maybe the wall did not exist and i think that they get into that mm. so i think the north was a lot further north but then once the wall yeah. was instituted, that that's what created the separation. 
Right. Possibly. Could be. I do know, quite possibly, but I do know, I, I, I don't know, maybe like they existed before yeah. the wall yeah. came about, but because the wall has been there for a long yeah. time, of course, yeah. we learned later, Brand yeah. the Builder and all the magic in the wall, but that comes later. So I, I don't know, I guess it was such a shock to see them, but she ended up having um, five puppies. So John convinces Ned not to kill them. Um, and sorry, forgot my boy Theon. Okay, <laughs> forgot my boy Theon, who is a ward um, to Lord Stark and Winterfell. And you get more into Theon's backstory, and we'll we'll bring it up later as we go further in the seasons. But he is also yeah. another character, yeah. a teenage boy who kind of is a yeah. part of the clique. And so Theon was ready to execute and John was like, well, it's the house sigil, like they belong right. in Winterfell. And so uh, Ned in um, true black daddy fashion, even though mm-hmm. he's white, said, yeah, you feed them, okay. you bathe them. If they die, you bury them. Like, I don't ever want to see them. That's your responsibility. Um, and of course, there's actually an extra direwolf and it was the runt of the litter an all-white direwolf with red eyes who we learn is ghost and that is John's direwolf a, a true, true soldier Listen, to the an army in this in the soldier and okay so um of course we get word that um well let me jump to king's landing so here we get introduced to um some of the lannisters not all of them so we are at the, I guess, a funeral for the hand of the king, who is mm-hmm. John Aaron. He has passed away from a fever. And Cersei Lannister, um, who is the queen, uh, which actually, no, she's technically not. She is yeah. the queen. Um, but when Robert dies, she, her title kind of changes. But uh, for now, she is the queen. Um, and she is observing this funeral and her brother, who is her twin brother, Jamie Lannister kind of pulls up on her and they're having a conversation that I did not catch the first time that I watched Game mm. of Thrones because again I binged seven seasons in right. three months so I was able to catch up for the final season so I didn't even catch that at this funeral Cersei is concerned that John Aaron would have told her husband who was the king Robert Baratheon about her and Jamie. And it doesn't click at first. Like, okay, what's right. going on with you? Like, what's going on with the two of y'all? And Jamie's basically like, whatever secrets John Aaron had with him, like, they died. Like, so, and if he had told anybody, both of our heads would be on a stick. So at this point, it could go either way. You have no clue that these two motherfuckers okay. is doing the butt. Oh, birthday, birthday. <laughs> oh. Okay. Which is disgusting. But... Have you heard of it? <laughs> it, it? Have you heard of it? Um, so Robert Baratheon basically sends word down to Winterfell that he wants Ned to take uh, John Aaron's place as Hand of the King. So they travel down to for Robert essentially to ask mm-hmm. Ned to his face. And Catelyn ain't really feeling the uh, idea, you know, because you know, that's like, you know, my man go, my man getting drafted. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, I ain't really with the idea of that. Um, but Ned, as we learn, one thing is going to hold very yeah. true about the Starks. 
This is the most loyal, okay. ignorant family in the entire right. fucking. They are theory. the ones that are. They are the only family that's really following the rules. Everybody yes. else is just kind and of like we doing it for show, but behind the scenes, we stealing money out the church, out the collection plate. Okay, um, I love the Stark family. I will always hold the Stark family in a very high regard. But as I'm rewatching the series, as I'm listening to different podcasts and you get different perspectives and different breakdowns of the show, loyalty was Ned Stark's Achilles um, uh, Yes, Achilles heel. For sure. Because at some point, it's got to be you or them. And it's like Ned was like, well, if I, if I hold true to my values, it will matter somewhere. And it's no. fucking nowhere. So, I mean, because truthfully, even, <laughs> like, you know, I know we're going to get to it in the second episode, but when they have to, um, uh, when Ned has to, to kill um, Sansa's dire wolf, I'm just like, mm-hmm. we going home. Like, Pat, we, I'm about to head out. Right. Like, I'll holler. Listen, and let's, uh, just as a, an aside, let's just get to Sansa. Or Lady, Lady Sansa, Sansa, as they say in the show. Lady Sansa. So when uh, the Lannisters and Robert Baratheon arrive in King's Landing, first of all, Je- Joffrey Lannister, who is the son of Cersei and who you think is Robert Baratheon's child okay. as well, uh, we learn later on um, okay. who your daddy really is. Um <laughs> Joffrey is written as a little bit more attractive in the book. The person that plays Joffrey, I I don't find to be that cute, but um, Sansa is smitten, honey. Like, she is like, that's bae. You know what I'm saying? Uh, got his right. poster high up on my wall. I'm looking for, you know, an autograph. I'm trying to come backstage. What's the tea? And so... Uh, Sansa, when she sees Joffrey, you can already tell, and I hate to say it this way because we'll get in there in later episodes. Sansa is the reason why half this shit. I just, mean, just can, can we talk about win. her being the weakest link? I mean, can we? Yes. Can we? Yes. Yes. Uh, and I, I end up yes. loving Sansa. In she's, the end. she's redeemed, uh, but, but baby. It was a tough road. It was a, it was a tough road. The the realest thing Sansa ever said, which is going to come many many seasons later, when she is having a conversation with um, Peter Baelish, mm. aka Littlefinger, sis says, "I'm a slow learner, but I do learn." And my God, <laughs> did it not take you seven seasons to finally to learn. have like, some sort of enlightenment? My God. Oh. My goodness. So, um, you know, we get introduced to Joffrey, who off rip is a jackass. Me. Like, I, yeah. from episode yeah. one, yeah, I couldn't sure. stand Joffrey. Um, and of course, you know, we have the big feast. And one thing we should mention, because it's going to come up later on when we get into John's heritage and things that John believes were true that aren't true, and, and the story really starts to unfold is Robert Baratheon was actually in love with Ned's sister. Yep. And 
she is her death is ultimately the reason that this whole war kicked off and he was able to overthrow Mm -hmm. the Targaryen king and Mm -hmm. take over the Seven Kingdoms. So that is how he becomes king of the Seven Kingdoms. So of course he comes, he wants to pay his respects. And you could tell it's just like, my nigga, you didn't even get, he's, he's still moved, but it's so wild to me because you learn Robert didn't even get to sniff the pussy. Like, you are hard-pressed <laughs> over a young lady that, honestly, when you look, when we get further into the series, I don't think sis even returned okay. the same affections for you. Let's um, be real. <laughs> but okay. Let's just keep it a bean. I, I don't think that she was ever really into Robert like that. And I'm still mm-hmm. reading the series in, in book form. Hopefully George R. R. Martin finishes the series and I can read it as a complete package. I think that's why I've been so slow reading it because I don't um, have the other two books. Um, but uh, you you kind of see that Robert still has this fire in his belly for Ned's sister and he ain't never really fucked with Cersei. And you see that at the feast because he is openly like <laughs> French kissing, I mean- handmaidens, Grabbing ass, (laughs) not not a a concern in the room on full display. No, I mean, because your wife is sitting right at the head of the table and she can see you. And Robert didn't give a flying fuck, like, it is what it is, sis. I don't really like you, like, that you are a marriage of, yeah. I mean, we married Um, you for the goal, and and so let's let's keep it above, right? Yeah, so, um, and, and Robert is very open about who he is you know he basically tells ned when they're down in the crypts i need you to be my hand so that way i can continue uh drinking and fucking and and dying early like that's really what i want you to to be there for i need you to be around so you can handle you can basically run the kingdom and i go do what the fuck i want to do um even more than i'm doing it now so um John is, uh, we get to meet Uncle Benjamin, who is Ned's brother. He comes down from the wall. And John basically, he's such a black sheep mm-hmm. within the Stark kingdom that he is ready to just take the black, which um, again is uh, a part of the Night's Watch, which is the three gentlemen that we met at the beginning of the episode. Um, they essentially take a vow of celibacy. Um, they denounce their their family name, so they can never be entitled to anything that comes down when their family passes away. They can never have any really earthly possessions, and you basically serve, I guess, as a prison I mean, guard. It's, it's like it's a <laughs> monk, no but you know like... how to wield a sword, essentially. Right. Yes. And so John is ready to just do that. Uh, to get out of Winterfell, which, you know, that's really unfortunate. Like, <laughs> you hate your life that much that you'd rather go freeze your ass off on the iceberg that sunk the Titanic right. rather than just being here with a warm fire. Like, okay, like she she Listen, pass the off. Karens <laughs> never live forever, okay? They never live forever. Um, and we see Bran at one point in the episode. He loves to climb the walls of the kingdom. And it's foreshadowing mm-hmm. once you know what happens after you've watched the series. But she says to Bran, please promise me you'll, yeah. that, that, you know, you'll stop climbing. 
And um, just to kind of really wrap up season uh, episode one of season one, because there's not much yeah. more meat there, uh, Bran is climbing uh, the wall and he hears some erotic noises. So he proceeds to climb a little further to what would be, I guess, the highest tower um, in Winterfell. And he peeks through a window and he sees Jamie and Cersei um, Come on. bumping and grinding um, as if as if like they home. In they like, you fucking like, in these people's right. house like you home. <laughs> so, of course, Jamie, you know, he getting into it, okay, uh, as Ludacris would say, rough <laughs> sex, make it hurt. The in the garden, all in the dirt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He goes to snatch the head back you know what I'm saying? I'm not about to bite on your neck, sis. I'm getting into it. And Cersei opens her eyes and realizes that Bran, being the fucking creeper that he is, because let me tell you something. If I had seen it, I would have climbed my ass back on. I wouldn't right. have kept watching it. Bran brought his ass from the right. wall into the window. Like, right. you were like, like without a concern. Perched. Without a concern. And uh, Jamie, he tries to climb back out once he realizes but that he's I'm been also spotted. Like, and now, Jamie kind of runs up and grabs him. If you him. were more agile, you could have gotten down a whole lot quicker. Listen, again, once I peeped what was happening, I would have dipped before they even saw me. Let me tell you something. By the time Jamie had finished his nut, <laughs> I done already told Robert Baratheon. I done told my mama and them. I done told the bitch who uh, okay. milked the cows. <laughs> Everybody know the tea. Because, excuse me. Um, okay, first of all. Sister. First of all. Like, yuck. But he sat there and watched. Okay. So that's really where Bran fucked up. Um, and so Jamie kind of grabs him and he asks him how old he is. And he looks out the window and says, you're quite the climber. And he lets Bran go. And so you're thinking... Okay, he might chill. But meanwhile, Cersei has said multiple times, he saw us. And Jamie's like, bitch, right. I heard you. I know he saw us. He's 10, though. Like, he's a kid. Jamie, and Cersei's like, he saw us. Jamie looks at Cersei and says, the things I do for love, and pushes a child. An adolescent. And okay. a prepubescent adolescent. <laughs> out of a window. And that is how the episode ends where we see Bran kind of plummeting to what you would presume is his death. But in episode two, uh, Tyrion reveals at the breakfast table that uh, the maester basically says Bran could live. And Cersei and Jamie kind of look what? at each other like, wait, what? And <laughs> yeah, they're like, you know, Tyrion says, you know, the gods only truly know how it's going to turn out. Um, and you know, Cersei's like, well, that's no way for like a child to live. He'll he'll be crippled, like he'll be a burden. And Tyrion says, well, you know, as speaking up for the cripples, uh, who wants to right. die? <laughs> so, you know, I kind of hope he wakes get up to so some get, things. You know, I want to hear what the little boy got to say. Well, and so <laughs> okay. ha wait, Paul, have you been watching Lovecraft Country? So. Yes. so it is very the scene with Bran falling and the scene with Letty falling from these high towers. I was just like, yes. am, am I watching yes. the same series? Like, what's what's happening? Uh, 
I definitely am glad you brought that up because I thought about that too when Letty was falling out that tower window. I said, like, that look exactly. how it was when Bran fell. But I guess that's a trope that has yeah. happened in a couple movies um, with people kind of falling. Um, I know it happened. Uh, one thing that's very fresh in my mind besides Lovecraft Country, kind of picking up on that. There is a scene in Final Destination. I think it's the Final Destination uh-huh. with the bridge collapsing. There is a scene mm-hmm. where someone like falls off a bridge, and it he, and when he falls, it kind of snaps him out of his yeah. premonition. So yeah, it is yeah, a yeah. it's a trope that gets used a lot, but that was very very similar. But I've noticed just as an aside, Lovecraft Country they, pulls from a lot of different yeah. things, and I don't know if it's on purpose. I, or... I mean, I think they're calling to a lot of different uh, styles because it is kind of this horror suspense. So I mm-hmm. think they are. I would love to feel like in a nuanced way, kind of threading all of that in, um, in a way that doesn't feel like copy and paste, but it is very so like, no, I think I just saw that scene somewhere else, but we going to let it rock. Yeah, for sure. Um, Lovecraft country, like you said, with it being, um, horror and I am a, like a horror fanatic. I've picked up on a lot of different horror movies that Lovecraft Country mm-hmm. actually pulls from. So I again don't know if it's a it's a choice right. on purpose or it's yeah, a, more yeah, of like yeah. a homage to to different horror tropes, but for sure definitely picked that as well when I watched Lovecraft Country. And it made me even more oh, yeah. excited to come and record this with you. I mean, just it's magnificent. Oh. I mean, probably oh one of the best, I mean, best series of 2020 that I've seen. Um, but just like, sure. it's really probably one of the most shows outside of Watchmen and Game of Thrones that has literally kept my attention with just about every episode. So, yes, yes. And I definitely need to do a rewatch because as I'm listening now, I wanted the series to end before I go back yeah, and listen same. to uh, different podcasts. Um, just shout out to uh, For All Nerds. They do the Safe Negro podcast with the For All Nerds kind of um, uh, umbrella. And um, they point out so yeah, much yeah. stuff. It's, like, it's definitely go back and watch that you it. can <laughs> rewatch I, over I and over that. again. And they're so it's so layered and yes. and and nuanced in a way where there's a lot of stuff that you miss just in the first watch. Like I'm going to re- mm-hmm. I'm going to binge watch all the episodes this upcoming Sunday. Um, and I know it's going to be hella stuff that I yeah. miss. You know, right. And I feel the same way, like with, you know, with Game of Thrones having, like I said, watched these first two episodes because Mm -hmm. I did binge it so fast. And I will be honest and say Game of Thrones did not grab me. It took me three years to get past the first 10 minutes of the first episode. Every time I would turn it on. And I love period pieces. I'm a huge history nerd. So anything set in medieval times or anything war related i i really do like enjoy it but i just i don't know what it was about that first i think it was the whites that Mm. just didn't do it for me i was like okay so and i at the time uh the walking dead had just started to kick off when i tried to watch it and i was like okay this is like the walking dead now mind you i think game of thrones (laughs) might have been on season four the first time i tried to watch it yeah and i just i couldn't do it um no go for it and then one mm -hmm, 
Um, and then one day um, I said, if I could just put it on the TV, right? Just let it play past the first 10 minutes. Maybe I could fuck with it. I let it run past the first 10 minutes, let it get past the opening scene. And I think it was when Ned beheaded I'm, that dude. I I'm said, in. okay. I'm in. Now I'm, I'm locked and loaded. <laughs> I have buckled my seatbelt. Yeah, I, I actually, right. I didn't watch the series in its first run. I'm kind of similar to you. Kind of once they got to season mm-hmm. four, I was just like, okay, like everybody keeps talking about this show. They keep, you know, fawning over it. It keeps winning all of these awards. And so I kind of didn't feel like it would live up to the hype. But baby, when I tell you, when I got into it, Mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, this show matches the hype. You know, like it matches kind of everything that people have said about it. So, agree. For sure. I think, um, and another thing I used to hate when people would kind of pitch Game of Thrones to me. Because I am also a huge Harry Potter fan. Okay. Um, I'm a Black Potter head. Um, people would say, oh, well, there's dragons. Yeah, that's not the not same thing. <laughs> like, that's not going to grab me not just because of a dragon. Like, I, it's, it, it's, and it's two different types of dragons. And really, if you were a true okay. uh, Harry Potter connoisseur, you would know that there are only dragons in the Goblet of Fire and we don't see them again until um, book seven or for <laughs> some people who didn't read the book, right. uh, movie right. seven, uh, movie eight, part one. Right. <laughs> you don't see dragons that often. And, so and even Game of Thrones, no you don't even really there. see dragons no, until like season five, season six, you know, like towards hello. the end. So hello. that's not even a high selling point. Right. So it's not the same thing. I think if maybe someone had told me that Game of Thrones was most similar to yeah. Gladiator, I would have watched it a long time ago. Because Gladiator is one of my favorite movies. Uh, shout out to Russell Crowe. Love that fucking movie. Come okay, on. My boy uh, Maximus Decimus Meridius was that nigga back in the day to me. And to me, Gladiator is more, not necessarily yeah. in the same universe, but the same level of gore. Uh, yeah it would have gripped me early on. And these first two episodes, really brand falling out the window was where I was like, right, oh, I, we need to now see, I, I need see, to see if this, if, if little nigga live. Because now I want to know. <laughs> right, I need to know if he live, I want to know if he wake up to tell it, like what they gonna do. And so when you get into episode two, it's kind of like, okay, well, Bran ain't really kind of doing that, he just kind of laying here. The real action doesn't really kick off really until like the middle of the episode when they're on the King's Road traveling to King's Landing and your girl Arya okay okay we starting to see what a badass she is um she gets into it mm-hmm. her and her friend Micah who is the butcher's yeah. son are kind of playing with some wooden swords and Joffrey being the dick that he is tries to basically come up and talk shit because he has an actual sword and he gets hit and little fat boy is <laughs> He's like, like, all right, I'm about I'm to head out. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go ahead and head out. Right. And Ari is like, no, <laughs> fuck that. We was playing. Um, I don't give a fuck about him. Like, you, hey, sit down. Ari is definitely in 2020, she is definitely right. that girlfriend that says, my man said no tomatoes. Like, that is, that is who Ari is. And of course, one of the dire wolves, uh, Nymeria who is Arya's direwolf, bites Joffrey, 
and it becomes a whole thing. <laughs> and so Cersei said, that's my baby. Like, that fucking wild beast needs to be put down. And Arya's like, Sansa, like, tell what happened. Like, tell the truth. But she is so smitten over Joffrey. She is so in love with the idea of one day becoming queen. That this is where you kind of... Yeah. If you didn't dislike Sansa, this is where you start That's, to look that, at her that, like your loyalty really, bitch? is that like, <laughs> you ain't gonna stick up for your sister. And right. you, you see her you right. see her trying so, and be like I, I, I don't remember it all happened yes. so fast. No girl. Right. And listen, Arya has got her head caught right. to the side now, with her brow like, like really bitch. That, <laughs> uh, with the birthday cake and blew out the candles. She went to work, okay? Yes, which is an iconic video. <laughs> that, just a sidebar, <laughs> that fucking video tickles the shit out of me. And I think for me, it's when sis blew out the candle and that little girl looked at her and that bitch looked at her and shrugged her fucking <laughs> shoulder like, bitch, you should have blew it a little bit fast. <laughs> now, rest assured, <laughs> I am going to take baby my time to, work. to get to my child if that happens because, uh-uh. Listen, they saw it. They and they let that little baby do that. let her kind of get in two rounds. So she feel like she has some vengeance. But I'm just like, I mean, she was going to work. She was going to work. Even funnier, she was going to work. And when they finally pulled them apart, Big Sister basically stood back and smirked and started dancing. <laughs> you like, ain't stopped the show now. You ain't stopped nothing. <laughs> and then oh, so we laughing. That, that's what we doing? She went back in for the... She went back in for the second round. I, I mean, that video was lives. iconic. I have it saved to my phone. My, I want to be mind. able to go back. It's free. Oh, um, we didn't talk about Absolutely. Daenerys. Are we getting to? Oh yes. So let's talk about who. A lot of people argue is that bitch. My dad loves Daenerys. Um, and mm. I fucked with Daenerys for a little while. And then, spoiler alert, uh, she obliterated the whole fucking town. <laughs> she was like, everything must go. Said, everything so you're a must psycho. go. Listen, <laughs> the story, this is a grand closing. The, the town is I'm like, is this Pier 1 sale? Because everything literally everything must, must go. go. Listen everything so we did get introduced to Daenerys in her episode one and we meet her brother uh Viserys her creepy fucking brother uh Viserys and basically they are Targaryens they used to uh be the family that was in charge of kings of the seven kingdoms uh they resided mm -hmm. at Dragonstone and King's yeah. Landing that kind of gets muddied further along in the season but um, they were stationed really at King's Landing and uh, they had to flee, which you will learn uh, later on. Um, their mother uh, was murdered. Their infant brother was also murdered. But No, excuse me, excuse me. Infant brother was murdered, but they were able to flee. Um, just her and Viserys. Um, their mother ended up passing and so they just been kind of like uh, wandering um, they found refuge in um, e not not Essos. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. 
get back to me on where they they were at um but basically Viserys has uh made an agreement with the Dothraki um who fine ass Khal Drogo um <laughs> to basically marry a Daenerys and in, in turn for Daenerys he will provide him with an army so that he may go back um and take back the Iron Throne um and I really kind of really brush past it it is important to know Daenerys Targaryen but her uh, wedding uh, night is nothing to talk about um because there's a language barrier of course the Dothraki mm-hmm. are their Viserys calls them savages uh but they're a primal uh group of people they speak a different language they're all brown so that's right. something to know that's the first time you see brown people in Game of Thrones it is the Dothraki um, and on their wedding night, uh, Daenerys had already told Viserys that she did not want to marry him. And Viserys makes a comment um, along the lines of, I would let Khal Drogo and all 40,000 of his men and his horses fuck you if it meant that I would get his army so I can get back the throne. And that's when I knew I couldn't On wait for that period. Yes, like when are you like, like? And you said that to your my sister. god, like that is. But then yeah, again, I mean, he fondled her titties before so, she went and got in the bathtub. That was so very I, creepy. I mean, on top of you know, uh, Jamie and an old girl, like the fact that you like basically mm-hmm. undressed your sister and and like you said, fondled her in a very sexual way. I'm just like, what, what. What the hell is going on between the sheets right. in my home? <laughs> okay, are we we, we we gonna do it? Oh, it's about to be Girl, I'm about to have it. How did I get into this? <laughs> How did Never I came get home. into this? Mm. Listen, low down dirty woman. But baby back to where you come from. <laughs> hit the streets. But wait, my ass. Hit no the streets, your ass <laughs> That's really John Snow. Well, how you, you know, know my, my name? name. Uh, anyway, I was going to tell. Come on. Move this cat okay. looks real uh, familiar. Uh-huh. That's brand to Jamie. Okay. Move this cat it's looks real, real familiar. <laughs> when my boy Brand is kicking it in that wheelchair at the beginning of the season. <laughs> Having that wheelchair, they have seen some things, baby. Ooh. They have seen some things. They have I'm just seen like, now, who is uh, who, who is designated to push that? Because there were no motorized wheelchairs back in the day. Like, no, and Brand was being fucking lazy. Nigga, your legs are broke, not your arms. Stop playing <laughs> today, with me. Today. But yeah, so we see <laughs> that the brother is creepy Lord. and is basically like, I would prostitute you out to every yeah. man in this goddamn world if it means I'm getting my kingdom back. For sure. Which is strange because when you first see, you realize, you know their brother and sister off rip. And you learn. Um, through the books, but I also believe at some point in the series, they do make mention that the Targaryens have a mad streak within their heritage because they did a lot of inbreeding. But because Viserys Viserys may have been five 
when they fled because Daenerys was a baby. He would have never known uh, unless through you know storytelling. Um, he figured right. out kind of what the Targaryens got down and did, but it's still very fucking creepy. And you could tell Daenerys would never, even at this in their blood. Right. She ain't okay. really down with until the cousin later fucking on. until <laughs> later on. She said, well, well, we third cousins, so. <laughs> so. Twice removed. Okay, twice removed. Um, And so, that you know, she is wed to Cal Drogo and uh, spoiler alert, um, and we do have to be very honest. Um, Game of Thrones is set in a particular time period, but no matter what time period anything is ever set in, yeah, period. Uh, non-consensual sex is never okay. And uh, Cal Drogo, because there is a language barrier, I'm not going to say it's an excuse. He can't properly ask and she can't properly lay that she don't want it. But I think her crying and shivering was kind of the indication that I don't want to have sex with you and he well, I mean, saying, in, in, no. in that position too so, I mean, there, there I, was no intimacy in that no not at all um, and what I have to say um, yeah. some, for some people it, it could be a little uncomfortable but I have to mention if you have read oh. the book that is not how it happens in the book at all I have to first say that Daenerys is wow. 12 or 13 in the book so she's significantly younger um, than Cal Drogo. So I will say this about Game of Thrones. They have aged everybody up because a lot of yeah. the shit that happens to them would be sick to see on TV. The, yeah, I mean, it was it's a, really sick that George R. R. Mont wrote it that way. But I will say <laughs> he did write the book that way. But to, to his credit, it is not rape. It's well, not. It, but it's, it's, it, well, <laughs> let me say this. It is statutory <laughs> rape. It's statutory rape. Yeah. <laughs> But it's not like well, beat you over the head. It's still statutory the rape. You know, but like there is a portion were, when you were thirteen or fourteen. That's when yes. you were getting married off. You know, truth be told. So, yeah, yes. So it is very true to the time. And like I said in the book, uh, Daenerys actually is able to. So the scene where Cal Drogo is like, no, like he just repeats, no in the show it is the same way in the book but she's able to connect with him like he he senses mm -hmm. her distress her apprehension that is why he's saying no in the book and so she comes to a place where it's like slow down a little bit let me kind of work with you and in the book yeah. Daenerys actually willingly has sex with Cal Drogo he does not bend her over and take it don't know why HBO or um D&D chose to yeah. do the scene as a rape scene because this, this is the scene but that over is how like the ocean or something the like that right yeah 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 yes yes and it, it's the same way in the book they are by the water so again don't know why we had to make it a rape scene um but they do um and it, you can kind of see she's stealing with the shits um in season two but you Daenerys finally talks to one of her her little handmaidens and she's like, tell me how to relate and talk and please my husband. Like, because so, uh, we, we get introduced to Shajora as well, um, who is, let me tell you something. I mean, the wow. definition of the friend zone. Wow. My God. But like, it doesn't <laughs> have to be. Like, why is Listen, he. Listen, Sajora Marmont. Like, why is he accepting that role? Like, he could really have anybody that he wants. 
for sure. But Daenerys is she's beautiful. And she's Amazing. young and she's supple and she's firm. <laughs> and she's gonna be queen. You know, why would you it's like it's Come like on. pledging <laughs> when you had a choice you when know. you had a choice <laughs> when you had a choice you know so um, we get introduced to Shorjora and he basically sir because he can speak her they can speak the same language the, the old language and yeah. so he's kind of like her like he's her hand right? and so I mean we know he's yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, that's his. Yeah. That's what he wants. He becomes the hand of the queen, and then we find out that oh, oh, so you was that's later on. you was spying on the bitch, but that's later on. And so Sir Jorah becomes disgraced. Good lord, twice in his life. <laughs> you already got sent to the wall. You abandoned the wall. You've been on the run. You get linked up. You get half of some title back, and then you get sent away again. Like can't get right. <laughs> Sir Jorah was absolutely he can't get right for couldn't get right for a while. Um, but he basically is serving, you know, as like I said, her confidant, and he basically tells her, you know, it's gonna get better. Yeah. And I think with that statement is why she kind of with working after getting bent over and yeah. oh god, I hate to keep saying it this way, getting raped again. Yeah. Um, like it's just rape at this point. He's just bending her over and fucking her whenever he feels like it. Um, she finally says, "Well, how can I relate to like my husband? Like, so we can make love, and it's not me being bent over." And honey, Daenerys comes in her okay. own honey, and she listen. The Megan the Stallion with Come the on. got on the dick face to face, <laughs> and so that's the turn of their relationship. So their relationship actually turns very quickly. Um, to where it's a little bit more intimate. She's taking the time to learn Dothraki and really like get into it with Kyle, really coming into her own as the Khaleesi. Like she is owning who she who she is becoming, which you will see Viserys right. ain't really feeling how confident my good sis has been getting. And he gets his in the end. Um, John goes to the wall. Um, he, you know, he convinces Uncle Benjamin and Ned to let him go to the wall. He goes and he's accompanied by Tyrion because Tyrion says, and I quote, I want to piss off the edge of the world. Um, it was why he wanted to go to the wall. He just wanted to kind of see what it was about. And everybody is traveling back to King's Landing. Um, and another just really big highlight in this particular episode is uh, someone is sent to kill Bran. Um, and Bran's direwolf Summer essentially uh execute okay but not before mama bear okay grabs the sword cuts them hands to the point she didn't even, she got nerve damage in her hands but she was going to save her baby and when it was all said and done she finds a lock of blonde hair uh in the bed which leads her to believe that the lannisters had something to do with it because again we didn't mention but a character of the lannisters yeah. is they all have golden hair so they're all blonde um, which, if you notice later on in the series, um, Peter okay. Dinklage quit wearing that blonde hair. <laughs> After I think well, like, right, season two, he was no longer get to King's Landing and, and he's at the whorehouse. I'm just like, now, now whose wig is that? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 
Oh my god, oh my did you realize how god. young yeah, everybody uh, looks at like, the beginning? And how old the niggas look by season eight? I mean, and, and the casting for that is so tough because what if people get taller before, you know, like it's it's crazy. I mean, they did really well, they aged well, so I was happy to see that. But even in like Harry Potter or Blackish, mm-hmm. you know, all the shows where you have them um young kids, modern family. You hope that they grow up and still kind of resemble what you need them to. Mm-hmm. Yes, so I'm gonna definitely have to put that. That was an edit point because uh, the podcast got interrupted. So if you hear like a little gap in there, please uh, forgive us. I, <laughs> I actually had an incoming call, but uh, what I was saying was uh, Kit Harrington actually made mention that when he married his wife, um, who is we meet her later on. She's a wilding. Um, in the show, he could not even shave for his own wedding. So Game of Thrones was very, very strict about the way that they looked, but they did mm-hmm. get very lax. Like I said, there's some things that they didn't do uh, because the Targaryens have, um, for lack of a better word for color, they have purple eyes. Like it's a lilac colored eye, but um, mm-hmm. Amelia Clark was not able to wear the contacts. Um, which is like the second time that I've had uh, in a series that I've had to kind of bear with something not being true uh, yeah. to, to the story. Just as a side note, uh, Harry Potter is supposed to have green eyes. He definitely does not have green eyes in any of the movies because he They're, could not take the contact either. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another thing where that happens. But um, no, they did a really good job. And I don't know if it was the stress of the show or what, because when I tell you when it all comes down to it, and we will discuss it when we get there, the man who plays, I think his name is pronounced, uh, Nikolajah, when I tell you he genuinely looks fucking stressed in season eight, like he just <laughs> looks fucking stressed. Like, that's right. not makeup. Like he just aged that best. way. Yeah, like, yeah. my goodness. Sure. Um. But yeah, we we you know Catelyn fights off uh, the 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 assassin, and mm-hmm. um, she sees that lock of blonde hair. She's automatically assuming that the Lannisters had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. And it, it and honestly, she didn't really need much because the reason why Ned agrees to take the job as the hand of the king is in the in season one. We kind of blew over it, but she gets a a raven from her sister Liza Aaron. <laughs> And yeah. she has fled back to their homeland because she believes that her husband was murdered and the Lannisters had something to do with it. Right. So, um, and that Robert Baratheon is in danger. So since he's Ned's oldest friend, um, they essentially grew up together. They're like brothers. He agrees to take the job so he can keep Robert safe because Liza basically said Robert is in danger. And then somebody tries to murder your kid. And you see blonde hair. And the sword that was used to try to kill Bran is Valerian steel, which keep that in mind. It becomes very important later on. Um, now, I that- do have a, um, mm-hmm. the, the assassin says you weren't supposed to be here. Now, how would he know that? I don't know. But what is wild to me is why wouldn't she be there? She had never left Bran. Remember, she would never leave. Yeah, Bran's she was side. like, I've, go to sleep. I've been here for a month. Right. So I don't even know why the fuck he thinks, I don't know whose dumbass thought that that was a good idea to even make the attempt 
because she would never they were better off if they weren't trying to kill Brand, they would have been better off just poisoning well he was in a coma so right, right, I right. guess maybe maybe that was the only option <laughs> yeah I was thought I always thought that that was weird where he was he was genuinely surprised and said you weren't supposed to be here so it was also kind of like well who else is on the inside of Winterfell who, you know, tipped this guy off or whatever, because that doesn't make any sense. I mean, and we obviously know that the Lannisters um, are most likely the people that hired this assassin, but they should also know that like, oh, girl is not leaving her son. Right. Even when Cersei comes to say like goodbye and she tells a story about how she had a baby who died of a fever that looked just like Bran she was there when John left she was there yeah like she never left so it was very odd that that would even be a statement and I did not get to that part in the book so I can't confirm or deny if that's yeah. like a book thing or a movie thing I can't say but, but that, it, it's stupid either way when Cersei was when I realized that like oh Cersei is a master manipulator yes and that you was, know what to this theme. To this day, I still question, even though I know something later um, in terms of a uh, a fortune that was told to her, I still question whether or not she was telling the truth about that baby. I mean, because it was the, so convincing. It was very convincing. And I mean, later on, you hear her premonition or well, the, the fortune told by the, the seer. And I don't think it's really a seer, but I'm just going to call her that. She says okay. that she would have three kids. But the way Cersei told that motherfucking story, <laughs> I'm still wondering whether or not maybe the fortune was like off. Like, did she yeah. really have four kids? Because I mean, I I believe Cersei. I, I believe that there was a baby who died that was probably by Robert. Um, that she was grateful that died because she was she too busy body rocking, knocking up boots. Okay. Jamie's ass every mm-hmm. chance she gets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I, I'm not sure, but after this takes place, Catelyn says, I gotta go to King's Landing. I gotta go get my man. And <laughs> <laughs> oh poor girl. Poor, poor, yeah. poor girl. Wow. Wow. <laughs> And that's where we're going to end it. And that's where it ends, folks. Yes. That's where it ends. So when we come back, um, we will be discussing episodes three and four. So if you are following along with the podcast, please be sure to um, watch those two episodes. I um, will say this. I thank you guys for hanging in there with us. We were kind of just all over the place because we are such good friends we've been friends for a very long time so (laughs) we're honestly just talking (laughs) we just chatting uh, we're just chatting so i know for someone who actually did watch the episode in preparation for this it's like bitch you are all over the place and i am (laughs) what you gonna do about it (laughs) and is and is (laughs) i will be a little bit more professional on the next episode and i will be sure to highlight key points in order and make sure that I don't forget to tell you about characters like I did today. <laughs> I, was like, I believe Daenerys made an appearance now. Honey, Daenerys Stormborn. Okay, first of her name. First of her name. And we, Mother and we, of Dragons. we see the eggs in, in yes. episode one. 
I mean, they're, we see their first appearance. It feels like in episode two, she realizes that, like, these eggs might be a little real. Like, uh-huh. she's she's her attraction or her attachment to them are growing in a way where I think she already knows soon that, like, I think these eggs um, got something in them. Yeah, and it's also important to kind of mention, um, because it's going to come out, obviously, later on, Viserys tells Daenerys when he is un- uh, undressing her for that bath, you don't want to wake the dragon, do you? And we later learn, my nigga, you wasn't the dragon. <laughs> okay. You, the, you was worried about her waking the wrong one. You should have been worried about the dragon you was waking up in her ass. <laughs> okay. But... Um, and also, I don't know if anybody else notices this because it, season eight, uh, we really, as time progresses, you really get into Daenerys's fashion. And when she starts to conquer different lands and she starts to actually build her army, um, her dress is just phenomenal. But the pin that she wears to represent her house, House Targaryen, it changes. Oh. So in season one, I don't know if you caught it, but the, it, it always has three dragons on it. But the pin that she's wearing in season um, one is three dragon heads. It changes to three dragons in a circle, biting their tails like in that oh, circle formation. Yeah. So her crest actually changes um, as as she gets a, when she bosses up a little bit more. Right. I, I peeped that the first episode. I was like, that's not the same. Right. The same pin yeah. that we see yeah. later yeah. on. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, the wigs got better for her mm. as the season went on, honey, because the baby hairs was. I mean, the baby, the baby. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> Not the baby. The baby. <laughs> All right. So, thank you so much, Thomas, for joining um, me tonight, and I look forward uh, to next week. Um when we can discuss the next two episodes um like i said everybody these first two it's laying a foundation so enough action to kind of get you ready for the next couple episodes but these are foundation episodes so if they were a little bit dry to you watching it hopefully we kind of spiced it up and made it fun um for you so it was a little bit more enjoyable all right well i think that's it child that's it, child. Now, are you gonna leave us lead us out with a song? Oh, oh, <laughs> all our mm. hearts and minds clear. Um, yes. No, I look shoop 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 baby. Hey. Like that's that's all. Who is you? That's all. I <laughs> Listen, I feel like that's in proper fashion um, for this episode because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you laugh. <laughs> And sometimes you'll cry. <laughs> Listen, life never tells us. Okay, come on. The winds are wise. The, no, winds are like. Winds, come on. But when you've got friends. Huh? To wish you well. <laughs> you'll find a point when. When you what? Exhale. Say. <laughs> I mean, an, an effortless, timeless bop. An effortless, timeless Bob. What an icon. What an icon. Oh, nip. Oh, man. Oh. Mm. oh, I got to tell you about this other podcast called Hit Parade. 
Um, yeah. I don't know if you listen to them, but they're a music podcast, and they did. They basically kind of analyzed Whitney's career based on the R&B oh. charts, her relationship with the R&B charts, and what was happening in real time, um, and how when she was going through darker times, she made more um, R&B facing music to to mm-hmm. like find foundation and find support when you know pop charts or just the world or, or the celebrity of it all was really kind of eating away at her. It was a really interesting mm. um, analysis and entry point to, you know, just understanding really the, the voice and the legend. Um, I'll definitely okay. send it to you. They, I mean, their episodes yes, are, um, there really is no specific genre that they focus on. They just did an episode mm. about Yacht Rock, which is the predecessor of Blue Eyed Soul. And, okay. and so I just think the way their interpretations of the um, the artists and the charts and, you know, kind of what's happened over their careers, it's just really interesting. I know you're also a music enthusiast as well. So I, um, I absolutely love it. And I'll, I'll definitely be sure to share those episodes with you. Yes, please, please, please. And I will definitely um, find a way to share those on our Instagram page. So if people wanted to check those out, because we're all about promoting. So I will definitely share those. I know I have to send you this episode. There's a podcast called The Nod. Love it. I don't know if you're familiar it. with it. Love yes. It. Did you listen to the episode they did about Luther Vandross? No, 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 no. I'm going to send the episode Please. to you. Let me tell you something. They read Luther for Phil. <laughs> Wait, so is this the, the new episode? Because I still, I still subscribe. No, no, no. It's an older, honestly, it's an older episode. I'm going to have to find it and send it to you. It's actually the episode that I watched that actually got me into listening to their podcast. Uh, um, it, yes. And, and not like Red for Filth, yeah, but yeah. they really talk about how Luther wasn't as sweet as we thought okay. he was. And they talk about different, um, like a running he had with Aretha Franklin. And it's it was very interesting. On, I still love Luther. Reef? Nothing changed. Yeah. Big Reef. But you know, who didn't have I mean, running with Big Reef? Let's Reef's? be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Um, okay. Now, the one thing that I wish the nod would do, I need them to already go ahead and package up this Six Degrees of Black Separation because I need to play it at every Friendsgiving, at every Zoom happy hour. I need to get into it. And I really wish... Yeah. I And and not even say that they haven't thought about it, but I just need it to actually be executed. Um, It yeah. is so much fun. Yeah, I enjoy their podcast a lot. Mm. Okay. Well, that's the end of this particular episode. And we will see y'all again next week on Thursday. Next week.